Yeah, it should be on now. Okay. Uh, Uncouth Radio. Uncouth Conversations. This is a part of a, a series that I've been doing, Uncouth Conversations. Um, each week, I try to talk to a different, excuse me, section of people about, you know, different issues and different problems that we have in our own community and try to figure out positive ways we can fix some of these things, fix some of these issues. And I am happy today to have three young ladies that I have had a lot of very meaningful conversations with, uh, very meaningful uh, debates and, 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 and very meaningful and spirited battles. But I respect them all. I respect their, you know, I respect them all and I respect how they come and I respect that. And I was really glad to have them come on to talk about this today. We have Pandora, Keela, we have Jazz, we have Mynesha and I'm Dame, of course. Um, if y'all on Facebook watching this, yo, hit us in the comments because we want y'all to be a part of the discussion and we want y'all to talk to us too so we can just really get it in and, and really try to, you know, break some ground. We really want to break some ground because um, everybody, if anybody follows my page, you know that I'm all about trying to bring black people together and I'm trying to advance black people. Um, and even in me trying to bring black people together in advance, I probably don't always do it right. And I don't think I always do it right. You know what I mean? So, so I, I'm never one to, uh, shy away from criticism. I don't mind criticism. I don't mind, uh, those hard conversations, but I know it's hard for a lot of other people to have hard conversations. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to start today's conversation and figure out one, how do we have these hard conversations? How do we approach them and how do we make sure we can all feel validated and what we feel um how can we make sure we all feel validated and being heard because i know to us it seems to be that's the biggest disconnect right it seems to be the biggest disconnect is a lot of times specifically for black women is y'all don't feel like y'all are being heard y'all don't feel like y'all experience is being validated and um and then that turns into a whole other thing between black men and black women of all right we both not feeling like we've been hurt so now we both not listening so now we both just start taking digs at each other mm. and now we're about to just start talking wild and then after that as my niche said <laughs> the blow up <laughs> the blow up and 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 no good comes from that so i want to see how we can quell that and of course i want to talk about the no name J. Cole situation, because I feel like that was a, a great example of how this can happen between us and amongst us in our communities. And some things can get lost in translation. And then I think the good of the message gets lost because of some of the negative in the delivery, mm -hmm. uh, if you will. So, uh, Pandora, I'm, I'm going to start with you. Uh, give me your version of the breakdown, your version of the J. Cole no name situation. And, and, and what you see? Well, <laughs> my first thought was I didn't even know who the heifer was until let me not call her that. I didn't know who the woman was <laughs> until this whole situation uh, came about. Mm -hmm. So I just saw J Cole was trending, and I looked, and I'm like, okay. And I read what you read, and I was like, I don't. I, I was. I read what? No, I read J Cole first what he said, and I didn't get why everyone was so upset. Why we canceling J. Cole, right? So then I read what she did, and although she didn't mention any Kendrick or J. Cole, 
it was implied. They're the, the two most popular high selling uh, rappers that talk about the black consciousness and these types of issues. So everybody suspected she was talking about them. I, what I will say about well, he definitely was a hit dog at Holler. Uh, <laughs> and he responded in kind with a whole song. Uh, and then after reading what he wrote, I was just like, I don't see the. And then every what I saw on social media was that he was trying to complete black men don't love black women, black men don't protect black women, and I was like, where? How do we get that out of this? And he did mention, um, I don't something about I don't like her tone, but I'm gonna be honest, my first initial thing was. Who the hell is she talking to like that? That was my initial reaction. Like, who the hell is she talking to? Meanwhile, you on here on Twitter, and he actually acted out in the street. Him and Kendrick. You know? And then, and then another thing in context, Kendrick and, and they called are not social media tours like that. So I wouldn't expect him to be locally present on social media. You know? So I kind of was just like, and I didn't see what the big issue was. So that was my take on it. I felt honestly, then when she came back with the song to get him, which was very malicious um, in my opinion. Um, I feel like she was now at this point marketing off of it and trying to make herself relevant. And it was a distraction to the issue at hand of what we have. You know what I mean? We have a single enemy that we need to be focused on right now. Yes, we have issues within ourselves, but stay the fuck focused. <laughs> so that was my uh, that was my uh, assessment of things. Okay, cool. So now I'm gonna move to my Nisha. Tell me what your because I know you said oh, I feel like I love J Cole, and this this is a good perspective to have. You said I love J Cole, but I feel like he was weak as hell for that that song. So tell me what you feeling. <laughs> I do. I've been rocking with J Cole since '09 since. Uh, the warm up, like, and I'm gonna keep listening to him. I'm not even going for him. People say we should cancel J. Cole. I'm not canceling J. Cole because right. I've loved his music for over a decade. However, I do, I do think it was weak. Like, I listened to it, and all I heard was like this hurt man on this record. Like, he, he, like, that shit challenged him and it hit him in his core. And so his knee jerk reaction was to make a song about it. And it's not that. You know, he was wrong, but I think it is tone policing. Like, I literally don't like your tone. He literally mm -hmm. says, treat us like children and spoof feed us this information or else we're not going to get it. So that goes into a whole nother relationship dynamic of black women having to feeling like they have to parent black men. And I don't like the way you said that, so I'm not going to receive it. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, he says in the song that... Um, one of his fans walks up to him and was like, it seems fake, like snow on the bluff. And then that hit him. So to me, from that I got, this black woman said it, you didn't like it, so your first reaction was to be defensive and then come after her and how she's speaking. <clears throat> but when this black man comes, then you start to get reflective and now you think about it. And to me, that's a problem mm. that we often have. So you can say like, so to me, and what the, what is the solution is don't come after her tone because if we say anything, even if she was in the wrong, she came back and said, you know what? I shouldn't have did that. I regret releasing that song. blah de blah blah And I don't think she's wrong for calling out, but I feel like it's often a dynamic between men and women. Like, 
I feel like men don't police other men's tones unless they're being blatantly disrespectful. It's like if a black man says to another, and we're talking about black men specifically, if a black man talks to another black man and like calls him out of their name or like says some obviously provoking shit, you're going to be like, hey, watch him out. But I feel like for black women, if they say, it feels like if we say anything, then it's like, I don't like how you said that to me. Talk to me like I'm a man. Or he said, talk to me like a child, which is like, what? <laughs> he literally said, like, talk to us, pretend that we're children. Right now, yeah. conjecture about her growing up, possibly growing up with conscious parents. And I was like, J. Cole, this sounds weak. Like, you just sound defensive and like your feelings got hurt. And mm. tell her not to hurt your feelings. Like, mm. yeah, I'm not, I wasn't, I'm not with it. Okay, uh, Jazz, I know you just now kind of getting uh, abreast of the situations, but from what you know and what you mm -hmm. hear, tell me, give me just give me your quick take. Um, <clears throat> like, if you don't mind, like, I, I kind of want to speak about uh, the the relationship more so. Like, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, the men and women, because I don't know that much about the situation, but just from hearing it, I realized that... Um, uh, like black men and black women, like I just feel like we're so hurt separately, you know, and individually, like everybody's so, everybody is so hurt, you know, like within our community in some way, shape or form. And so I think that affects the way that we communicate with each other. But oftentimes um, I hear, I sometimes feel, and this is a newer thing that I feel like I have been addressing lately. I get sometimes jumped on every now and then for defending black men. <clears throat> Um, from black women and I think the the only and I don't do it like a lot I don't do it like in a controversial way but sometimes I try to see their side because I grew up with all boys so I think sometimes when things happen I'm always like well what happened like why did they do this or why may you know why did J. Cole feel like this or whatever the case is but it's like when I think about it from a full perspective and I hear him say something like he said he said you know teach us like a child or treat us like a child it sounds crazy but then it's also like I really feel like everybody needs to be retaught that way and I, th I feel like sometimes men are the main ones who sometimes it goes, it, I don't know if it like goes over their head if they don't want to learn. And I know that women can be the same exact way. So it's like, even just from hearing the situation, I feel like both of them kind of went off of like an ego fight and both of them kind of went off of like, you know, you hurt my feelings. No, you hurt my feelings. And these are the times where we need to learn how to communicate privately so that we're not, you know, when you're on a platform like J. Cole or like No Name you're not spreading this type of awareness, like you said earlier, in the times like this, or times like ever. Right. You know what I mean? <clears throat> right. I would rather see y'all receipts of the conversation, you know, that yeah. you guys had to try to get to the bottom of it versus seeing y'all argue about who's doing what the right way and whatever the case is. Like, what does it matter if J. Cole wrote it on Twitter, if he's actually out in the streets? It doesn't matter. Like, even the image, and I know that this is kind of like a, a double-edged sword, but even the image of him being out there can, like, help somebody. You know right. what I mean? Like, I hope that it's a real sentiment, but even the image, I hope that it helps somebody. But yeah, as far as like no name, I, I feel like I need to I need to hear tones, but I understand both sides because I understand that we're both hurt, you know, as men and as, as black men and black women. And so I know that that defensiveness comes in, you know, when it's time, like when it's like you hurt my feelings or whatever. So I definitely understand like both sides of it um, just from what I'm hearing. But yeah, y'all know I be so sometimes off the loop. I was like, what happened with J. Cole? But I love J. Cole, too. And I don't even know who knows. I'm a big J. Cole fan as well. So, yeah, that's kind of like, yeah, that's how I feel about it. From well, yeah, uh, and I appreciate that. So, 
so now I give my perspective and some of the conversations I've been having with the brothers on, on, on my end. Um, it's funny that it's funny what we hear. It's funny what we take in because I listened to that record 10 times this morning in preparation for this conversation. I did. I listened to it like over and over 10 times and really tried to. And I said, what's funny is that record was 50% him praising her. Like 30% him uh, reflecting and critiquing himself. Right. Right. And then the rest was the critique of her. All that other shit got left out just for the critique of her. Cause I'm like, it's so crazy. If you really listen to the record line for line, he's really big up in her for more of the record than he's criticizing her. He he's really giving her props for way more of the record than he's criticizing her. But that's not the part that got talked about at all. That's not the part that got heard. And then uh, there's the, to what jazz was saying about the relationship between black men and black women. Cause somebody was saying, well, it's patriarchal and misogynistic for him to even talk to her that way. And I said, okay, so how, how do we even talk to, cause somebody said, well, he shouldn't have addressed her at all. And I said, well, if, if we can't address each other at all, then how do we, you know what I'm saying? Like, how do we take that next step to have those conversations? Or if, if we can't address each other at all and, and even say, cause, and I told him, I said, listen, I have a friend of mine who he has a page and he has a lot of followers and he would try to convey certain messages. And I would just see him getting frustrated because it was just getting lost in his delivery over and over and over and over again. He like, y'all ain't fucking with me. Da, 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 da. And he's getting frustrated. So I stepped to him. I was like, bro, I see what you're trying to do. I see what you're trying to say. But the way you delivering this to people, they're not going to get it, especially your specific audience that you're trying to reach. You, you can't talk to me because I get it already. You trying to talk to the people who don't get it. So if you're trying to talk to people who don't get it, maybe this is how you have to do it. I said, cause I told myself, cause I had to learn that for myself with my platform. When I realized people was actually listening, paying attention to what I was saying. At first he was like, nah, this is how I talk. And if they don't fuck with me, they don't get it. Da, da, da. Months later, he came back and was like, yo, I see what you're saying. And I understand the responsibility of my platform. And I see how when I talk to them, A, B, and C, the reaction on my post is different and we actually have a real dialogue. So my thing is, if I can extend that to my brother, why shouldn't I be able to extend that same thing to my sister without her being like, you tone police and you trying to tell me how to be? I'm like, no, I like my thing is if we just going to talk to the people that get it, where, how are we going to grow? And mm -hmm. like, like the four people on here, we get it. Mm -hmm. So, so of course, my niece, you can say whatever you want. And I don't care about the tone because I get where you're coming from. I understand what you're saying. But then when I hit you in the inbox, I'm like, yo, we have to be careful because you say it like this. And other people see it like this. And you was like, no, you ain't invalidating my, uh, my experience. And you know what I'm saying? I was like, my niece, that's not what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> but when I stepped to you, that wasn't on some patriarchal misogynistic shit. That was on some, I see you want to have a conversation. I see you trying to have a dialogue. So I want us all to help each other get better at communicating overall. But if we're going to say you shouldn't talk to a woman about her tone and how she say shit, da, 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 then how are we going to grow and reach those people? And that's my question. How are we going to reach those people who don't get it if we're only preaching to our choirs? And so my response to that is we have to think about power dynamics when we're resolving a 
conflict. So in this society, men have the power. Even if you're a black man, a black woman, you have the power. Therefore, how you approach somebody in something has to change versus if you're working on somebody. And I'm not saying like black women are inferior. I feel like, I mean, black women, we superwoman, superman out here. Okay. So I'm not saying that, but in the societal structure, men have the power. Therefore, how you talk to someone that has less power societally and culturally, that has to be different. So how you approach another man is going to be different than how you approach a woman and vice versa. And even though, you know, you and I have a different relationship, you still come into the conversation with society behind you, like what's in your backpack. So you come in with your experiences, I'm coming with my experiences and it puts glasses on and everything that we see or hear is going to be filtered through that. So I think that's important. We kind of forget that. It's like, he's not wrong for addressing her, but like Jazz said, because he is a man and this has been the experience of so many black women, it probably would have been better for him to inbox her and then them coming out with something together or, you know, it just could have, the approach was wrong. And then in the song, yes, I mean, the song to me reads as kind of like these black backhanded gaslighting compliments. Oh, I'm just a nigga that ain't read, da, 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 right? Mm. And so I think we forget the power dynamics that come into these conversations mm. and the culture, even if we have a different relationship, you know, like those come into relationships, those come into the conversations with us too. So we have to be mindful of those things. And so like you said, he shouldn't not address it or address her, but it's just like you said, the way in which he addressed it and the power dynamics mm-hmm. in a black man coming to a black woman like that. Okay, and I want to talk about that then. Like, I, I want to talk about the power dynamics as well. Oh, you, you want to say something, Pandora? Yes. Um, Go ahead. Go um, ahead. I am queen of a slick ass mouth. Like, I'm queen of that. Talking back, talking <laughs> shit. <laughs> I am the queen supreme. So, and I and I often get talked about about my delivery and how I come at people. Um, so at what point? And I, I'm doing better, you know. Um, but at what point? <laughs> you do. You I are. You saying, I hear you saying, "Oh, he shouldn't have came at her like that. He should have hit her in the inbox." But what about her initial sub to him? Like who? Who? who why she can't check herself? Like like at what point do black women do we say okay? Mm-hmm. We we need to watch how we talk to black men because mm-hmm. we are to, and let's just keep it real. A lot of us women are like the heads of our households. You know, we're single mothers. We're having to do shit by ourselves. So you know, we kind of that that kind of you know personality where it's just like what up, Nick? Like nigga, what you know? And to me, she came at him like, where y'all niggas at? Like what? What was right about what she did? You know, how come equally they both cannot have handled that differently? Mm-hmm, so that mm-hmm. I guess that's where I see it. I feel like she cast the first stone and he got hit and mm-hmm. responded, and then she went into a Karening mode and you know played victim. And yeah. that's how I saw it personally. I I still just you know. <laughs> just to even talk about that, like the way that black women kind of come, you know, to black men. I have 
always hated that. <laughs> and, you know, like, honestly, and I, you know, like, even being, like, in a relationship, um, like, old relationships, I've never been the type of, you know, person to be like, nigga, fuck you, you know what I mean? Like, I've never been that type of person. I never really understood why it had to be that, but it also wasn't the best at communication. And now, it wasn't until, which, which you know, internal, which in turn turns into anger, resentment, you know, the whole nine. Just because I'm not lashing out doesn't mean that I'm not, like, having, you know, bad thoughts or whatever the case is or just being hurt by the situation. So I know something that, like, my boyfriend talks about now a lot is the competition between men and women, between uh, black men and women for sure. And that is something that I wish that we could, but I think, I feel like it's all a thing of communication. And I feel like we all have to be okay with, one, fighting ourselves and understanding like, the things that we because the thing is it's easier to to be angry than to than to get to the bottom of the issue <clears throat> you know what i mean like people will be angry people will yell people will curse people write a song people do everything but have the oh what happened uh oh where, where you go jazz I, I don't know can y'all still hear me we can hear you we just can't I see know. you I don't even know. <laughs> that's weird well, i can hear you though can you hear us can y'all still hear me yeah, can you hear us? Damn it, she was making a good point too. I can't hear y'all or see myself. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> All right, log back in. Yeah, no, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Well, yes. I can't see myself. Well, um, yeah, I just think that <laughs> we have to, um, yeah, to start getting to the root of these conversations, and it's not easy. And I think that once we start doing that and and become okay with that, and we have to be supportive of it. That's kind of like the video I just kind of posted is. We are not okay with change. We're not okay with people having different opinions. We're just not okay, like, with any of that. And that has to be something that we dissect or we're going to keep having moments like this because everybody is hurt in their own way. Like I said, so in some way, shape, or form, somebody has been shut off from communication, you know, just because somebody else doesn't know how to take it. So, yeah, I, I, I just think it's a thing of we have to work internally in order, in turn, for it to be you know, a group thing in order for it to be something where we can help other people in order for it to stop being man against woman. Right. You know what I mean? Um, right. Because yeah. Yeah. But I'm sure I feel like we're getting to that later, but you know, I'll put a bookmark in that, but it's the kind of same way I feel about like the whole feminist thing, you know, it's like, yo, like nobody should be being disrespected. Nobody should be this. Nobody should be that. But I don't think it has to be such a, like, you know, you hate me and I hate you. Like, you know, it's not that it's just that I just feel like people are hurt and they need to learn how to communicate and be okay with working on themselves. Like, niggas gotta stop being comfortable and being so mad all the time. Like, that shit is for the birds, you know? So, I don't know. But I'm gonna leave this and come back so I can see because this is okay. trash. But <laughs> you're right back. All right. Yeah. So, um, anybody wanna respond to that? I, I think she's absolutely correct. And I guess that's how I kind of saw it. And I'm just going to say, my, you know, probably about six months ago, my position would have been more like, uh, is it Myesha or Mynesha? Mynesha. Okay, Mynesha. Um, and I'm going to be honest because I was always on the defense. I've been in abusive situations. You know, um, I've been in those kind of emotionally and physically abusive relationships. So I'm all, when it came to men and relationships, I'm always ready, like, Nigga say something. You know what I mean? <laughs> like nigga say something. And um, but you know, I'm I'm in a healing process right now and I see like, okay, I have to look at inward, like what 
could I do differently as far as how I come off to people in in um, my communication, especially with black men? Um, how can I be better communicate how I feel instead of showing them the visible emotion, which is anger, instead of what's really down inside is I'm hurt. Like I've been hurt. And so I'm mad as fuck. You know, like they say, angry black woman, fuck yeah, I have every reason to be mad, you know? And so, but I had to realize, okay, and recognize myself, you know what, Keela, you're hurt. So now you have to heal from these situations, you know, like, okay, what was your role in these? A lot of times I put up with a lot of shit that I shouldn't have. I picked these people, <laughs> not, not justifying their behavior, but real talk. Who's the common denominator? You know, we, you see those red flags. I'm, I'll, I'll see them and be like, oh, no, 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 no. It's all right. It's going to be cool. No, it ain't. <laughs> so I have to kind of start policing myself. And I'm still terrible with my mouth. It's very, it's very slick. But I have to start watching. And then after I think about it, like, okay, I could have came at this person totally different than how I did you know, um, and I and, and like what Jasmine said, I think it's just when she said we are hurt. Black men are hurt. Mm -hmm. Black men have been emasculated by society, and then us. <laughs> you know, uh, and I, I think we just need to figure out how can we understand each other in in a way where no one's talking crazy to each other. Um, I do feel like black men don't listen to us. I really do. So when J. Cole said, well, well talk to me like a kid. I, okay. I, I was like, okay. <laughs> because, because sometimes I really feel like that's what they need. Like, okay, let me put this in a terminology you can understand. <laughs> and I know we it can be exhausting as women that we're always having to do that. But I mean, I don't know. It, I don't know. <laughs> well, I will say, I will say we could like men, we could definitely do a better job listening. Um, and, and I know a lot of that, and, and it goes to what you you said, Jazz. A lot of that is um a, a man's internal trauma and our hurt, because I think what people don't learn and recognize is men are very hurt, but our hurt is never recognized. Our hurt is never talked about. Our hurt is like, like, think about it. We can become anybody's villain at any point in time. Only the black man. Nobody else is this. The black man will be the villain of the LGBTQ community. Not saying that there's no merit in it. I'm just explaining how a lot of black men feel. The black man can be the villain to the LGBTQ community. Black men can be the villain to black women. Black men can be the villain to white women. Black men will be the villain to white men. So there is nowhere that is safe for us. There is nowhere that we get to just feel like victims for a minute. Because even in situations where we are actually a victim, then the whataboutisms come. And the, but what about why you ain't do this? And da, da, da. And I'm like, damn, that's ill. Because if you really think about it, somebody had posted, black men, who do you vent to? And most niggas was like, my blunt. Wow. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, my, like I, I can't talk to nobody about this. Like the stuff that I'm feeling, I'm going through, and I was like, that's some. It's sick because the way society has been built for us. <clears throat> so then, the one place that I think we should be able to have these conversations is with black women. 
But because of the hurt that y'all feel and y'all experience, oftentimes at the hands of black men and oftentimes as society, we can't we can't see each other. I think that's the one of the biggest things. Sometimes we just we can't see each other uh, because of all of the, the, the pain and because because of all of the hurt. And I, I've been trying to do a better job of trying to see people. Right. I've been trying to do a better job. But like even if you talk crazy and you say something crazy and wild to me, sometimes I got to sit with myself and see through it and be like, was that really about me? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, so I- I think we're having parallel processes because all the things that you just said about black men, I feel as a black woman and I hear black women saying the exact same thing. So it's like, we're having these parallel processes because I feel victimized. I don't feel like my voice gets heard. I know my tears don't mean the same thing as a white woman's tears. And mm. I don't feel like I have anyone that I could, that could pour into me. Also, I feel like we feel like that we're doing all this shit. Like we're doing the work. We're on the front line. And we're loving black men also. And so then when we come into these conversations, it feels like it's not a listening space. And I understand and I know that black men have the parallel, but like they have the same experience, but it's a parallel process. So when you say black men are villainized, a lot of black women feel like that too, because then the conversation becomes, well, black mothers, they're babying their children, and black mothers are too aggressive, and black women don't know how to let a black man lead. So like I don't know what you want me to do. So we're we're all in this holding pattern where we're like we're like literally on the same path, mm-hmm. but we can only see we're we both have tunnel vision. That's what happens when we have trauma. Mm-hmm. Trauma, you're mm-hmm. right. You can't see the other perspectives, and mm-hmm. we have to find a way to break out of that tunnel so we can see the light into each other. And I think for me, what often happens is that when these conversations come up it's people defending their point and not trying to listen and learn more. Absolutely. So if I say something, so like we can talk about the conversation that we had about um, the relationship thing, right? In that conversation, it didn't feel like you didn't come at me with a question. When you ask a question, it feels like you're opening up conversation, right? And I want to know what your perspective is. So I do have to police myself sometimes too. And when I go in a conversation, I'm like, do I want to know actually how they feel? Or do I just want to prove my point? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I my point or say my point and I don't really want to have the conversation. But if you want to have the conversation, conversation starts with questions. So coming to the conversation with questions is usually not like that. And I think, Dame, in our conversation, thinking back on it, it's like it, I feel like the post triggered you and then your response triggered me. So now we're just in this trauma triggering cycle. Right. And we're not really having a conversation anymore. Now we're both hurt, so now we're on actually on opposite ends. Yeah. But then we came back the next day with the video, and we had it like we literally had a conversation, which was different. But the post triggered you, and your response triggered me. So now we're butting heads, and we're not able to enmesh and have this conversation. Now what? And that's what happens all the time. We well, get triggered, and our defenses come up, and then we just start arguing versus actually having a conversation and saying, "Why do you feel this way?" Right. Or why do you think that's the thing? And we don't we don't do that. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And and I'm glad you, you said that and brought that up because I do want to talk about how do we do this now, right? How do we how do we do that part where if something triggered us and we are both in our emotional vulnerability piece, 
because that's like that's a crazy place for us to be because you know once we get there we like turning the fucking porcupines like once that vulnerability come out you like the spikes is go you know what i'm saying and i think that's what black men and black women and exactly and that's where the blow up comes from so yeah. I, i'm wondering and, and you know me and you talked about this my and i said you know what i think we have to first start and i know this is easier said than done but i think we all have to first start in a place of love and let each other excuse me know that like let each other know going into the conversation or before the conversation, like before even the conversation, like we need to start letting each other know, like, I, I really fucks with you. I love you. I love talking to you. Da, da, da. Because I think if we have that, when we have these conversations, you know, I'm not trying to hurt you. I know you're not trying to hurt me. I know we come like me and jazz. We've had some conversations that could probably have been considered tough. But I think because of our rapport and the way we talk to each other and how our relationship has always been, even if it was something we didn't agree with, we always kind of knew where we was coming from. And then we would be able to have that conversation without, uh, 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 uh. you know what I'm saying? So my thing is, I think if we, and I know a lot of people been, I've been hearing this a lot too. So I know this is a real thing. We like, yo, we got to love on each other more. I've been hearing that so much. And I know that sound like some, we are the world shit, but for us, it's like needed. Like for us, it's, it's yeah it's necessary i think in order for us to get to to that next step in order for us to get to that next place of healing because we ain't gonna be able to heal till we can hear each other like we're not gonna be able to heal till we can talk to each other and y'all gotta think this is like some mad generational shit that we got on our shoulders like this some mad generational trauma that we dealing with like there's some mad behaviors that have been passed down and and all of that and my thing is if we truly want to work on this and fix this, we do have to be able to talk to each other. And I feel like so many times this trauma has been handed down because those before us have not been able to get to this part. And I think social media has been great in that, but social media also feeds the other shit. Like social media also feeds the, think about it. I, I remember, um, I want to say it started around 2016, 2017. All the posts are turning into, I don't need no friends. Fuck my friends. I'm all alone. Crazy as hell to me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But then that and then that became the culture of the music. And then in the culture yeah. of the music, then and that spilled into like the, the dichotomy of our lives where people was on some. Yeah. And I'm like, and it's funny because a lot of people always see saying, fuck my friends, it's just me. I'm like, you got a great set of friends and you got a great family. You know what I'm saying? But it's just like the, those other things around start to, to get into to your spirit, man. So I was like, yo, I think conversations like this help. It starts. It, it opens up a dialogue. People watch this. Hopefully they'll watch this. And then they want to go and have conversations with somebody like I want more black men to have conversations like this with black women when it's not out of uh, necessity for beef. Mm -hmm. I want us to have these conversations like sitting around a table chilling. Because right. when we have when we had these conversations in that time, it's it's received so much better. So I want us to have start having these conversations on the regular. You know what I mean? Because I know like I've had these conversations with the three of you separately. And I'm like, you know what? I want us to try to start doing this publicly so people can see that we can have this dynamic. We can we can we not always going to agree and we not always not going to bump heads. But I, my thing is, like, how do we bump heads? And not walk into our corners and never resolve shit because I think that's what happens a lot. People bump heads. I don't fuck with them no more. And I, I think it, I think it's like a trusting. Like trust is a big part of it too. Like I'm in a, a fairly like new relationship, right? Like it's been probably about a year or so. 
um, and I stayed there during the whole quarantine. And one thing that we had to, you know, I, I feel like one reason why we are so close right now, even from the beginning, he laid, and I always give him the credit for this, he laid that platform out to let me know that you can trust me with how whatever you feel, right? That was the first time that any man has ever done that to me. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, dad, stepdad, brother, cousin, any man has ever just been like, hey, you can trust me um, with whatever. And you feel like sometimes women, we go through those things of like, oh, like, you know, we might be sitting at a restaurant and a waitress might, you know, flirt and that makes us mad. But like, he didn't even do nothing. So we're embarrassed <laughs> to tell him. Now we got this attitude. Now we're in a weird space and we're not getting, <laughs> you know, like that type of stuff. And and he even made me comfortable enough to tell him even in those moments. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just feel the type of way because this and this and this. And then and then that way, we can just knock it out and don't have to have, you know, that that weird tension, which is why I feel like most people don't work nowadays because that trust is there. And then the, th the same thing had to be reversed for him to me. Like, when it was his turn to be like, hey, I need this from you. It was like, oh, what? You know, like, <laughs> and it was like you know, but it's a, it's a real sentiment of like, it has to be a balance of trust, of love, and, or we won't even understand that somebody is there for, for us. You know what I mean? Like, we don't even know that people can be there for us in that way. And I think yeah. that, and, you know, like in my relationship, like he's a person, go to, th I was looking at comments, go to therapy is a good one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that. I'm um, therapy. <laughs> I'm, I said I want to go too. But um, yeah, I think, um, you know, I think once, yeah, like I said, once he kind of laid that out for me, it, it took a while. And it's just like my own personal journey that I feel like I'm still going through, you know, of, of just being like, talk to him. It's like, you trust him, like, you know, um, and, and, and even the, the reverse side, I'm like, and I really want him to trust me because I think that that's what we're missing. And then in turn, him helping me with that, him helping me like voice what I feel has helped me have conversations with people outside of, of our relationship. And, you know, even during, during all of these things that's happening, like with the Black Lives Matter situation, I've been seeing a lot of ignorant posts and what I have been doing and what it has helped me with is communicating with those people now, you know, because I want to show them that like, hey, you can trust me whether you agree or don't agree. And I want to be here to listen to you, you know, and mm -hmm. it's not always easy. Like I, at a point I got very exhausted from having these conversations with people, but I can't be mad if like, sorry, switch it a little bit, but you've never been outside of like Watts or Compton. So I can't be mad if you don't believe in Black Lives Matter because you don't even know what's outside of where your hood. Mm -hmm. You know right. what I'm saying? So it's like I had to be okay with taking that trust and be like, okay, lay that same trust that you do with your with your black man. You need to do it with all black men. You need to do that with all black women. Um, and I feel like even if it's just me, if I have to start it, if I have to be the change in my little circle, then fine, that's okay. Dame, I talk to you about what happened with me and my friends. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that wasn't even a thing of like that wasn't even me. It was a, it was like you know what I'm saying? It was tricky. Yeah, you know? right. But in that moment, it was like we you know we lost all trust. I feel like I couldn't trust them. I feel like I was putting all my trust in them and being like, okay, cool. Like I can, I can do this. And they weren't at that. Well, one of them weren't at that, you know, wasn't in that space to kind of be like, all right, cool. Like, you know, let me try to figure it out. Or if you feel like I'm this way or that way to come talk to me so we can get it figured out, you know, but it was like, you lost that trust from me now. So then that hurt me in turn. And then it went back to my relationship and then it kind of took me backwards. Yeah. Things And I feel like I lost trust in, in the people in my circle again. And it was hard. So it's just like, it's really just a balance of like, you know, 
understanding us, being okay with having those those uncomfortable conversations. That is the biggest part. We have to be okay right. with having those conversations. Um, and just like you said, you have to be okay with setting um, the stage for love. Um, sorry, I'll say this and I'm done. Uh, Dame, I showed one of my friends, it's like one friend who I really trust with like criticism and stuff who will always tell me the truth about stuff, the um, the draft of um, uh, the Esther Phillips movie. Yeah. And like giving me criticism like for myself. And it was hard because I realized that something that I deal with is wanting to be the best at everything. Right. You know, like since I've been a kid, if I want to travel for the cheer team, I made it. If I wanted to do this, I made it. And so when you get into something that's new, new territory and then you know you start to you want to be the best at stuff or whatever but when he was telling me the criticism it was hard to hear because it was like ah, i just want to be the best at acting already and i want to da, 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 da. but i knew that he loved me i knew that it came from a place of love and he told me that he's like i love you i'm gonna tell you this but i love you so much you know what i'm saying and then it was just it was very helpful like and i was able to trust it and move forward and be okay with that right you know what right. i mean like, and be okay with that. So yeah, it's just you know, it's just thinking in love, doing everything in love. Like I, that's just literally what we need. Like love is what we need for real, for real. Love and trust, and that's in every relationship, every single one. And a part of that too, I think that love and trust is <laughs> being emotionally intelligent, intelligent about how you're feeling, what you're feeling. And historically, in Black communities, we don't have that. We've never <laughs> had the space to be able to explore our feelings and how we respond to things. And so when we're triggered or when we feel these emotions, like we talked about, anger is the first thing. So one, you have to be able to start to do that work to sit and sift through those uncomfortable feelings. And a part of communication, which I think um, social media has hindered, is we this response has to be automatic, right? Mm -hmm. We have to, we want to automatically do this because it's going to go away soon. But sometimes we can't do that. When I'm working with people with trauma, I'm like, you might not be able to address this in the moment, but you have to say that. You have to be able to say, right. all right, a second. I'm feeling that really, that hurt me right now. And I can't engage in this conversation, but I want to come back to this later. That's a practical step, right? Of <laughs> saying like, this really upset me. And I know that when I'm upset and we can get, I can go, go all into the neuroscience and the brain science and why that happens. I'm not going to do that though, but I will. I could, <laughs> I ain't going to do that. But when we're at an emotional 10, we're not having logical conversations mm -hmm. to recognize that and say, yo, I'm like at an eight right now and I'm not able to have this conversation, but I want to come back to it. Right. And I think doing that and going through that process, learning, practicing that and doing that to yourself is how we can have better communication. And sometimes social media doesn't give us the platform to do that, but it's right. being aware of yourself. And also setting the boundaries. So if someone comes to you and's like, I want to have this conversation right now, you have to be able to say, I can't have this right now. Give me a couple of days, a couple hours, and we can come back to it later. That also builds trust because then it says that, all right, you respect where I am and how I process things. And everyone doesn't process the same. Yeah. So I know that we can still have this respectful, mutual relationship and we can have this conversation. I think we often look at people and think that they have to respond how we respond because we think how we're responding is right, but that's not how everyone processes things. So we have to be able to do that too, to have the intelligence to say, this is triggering me. I'm at a 10. I can't have this conversation to be able to set those boundaries. If mm -hmm. someone approaches us about a conversation. Mm -hmm. And I think many of us don't even recognize our triggers or recognize when we're being triggered and we're ready to just clap back like as soon as we're triggered. Yep. And I, it's kind of essentially what J. Cole did. He was triggered. Like we just have to acknowledge that. 
And he just was yep. like, oh, I'm going to write a whole ass song about her. You know, even though he was, I think his intentions, he was not trying to offend, but it did, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I, I, again, I didn't see it as that, but he, he has his own things that he's been through. Just like I'm sure No Name might have had some things that she's been through. And we're all suffering from historical trauma. There's a, a Dr. Joy DeGray, I pulled this up. I love her. She calls it post-traumatic brain syndrome, right? Yeah. Yeah. Condition that exists as a consequence of centuries of chattel slavery, followed by institutionalized racism and oppression, have resulted in multi-generational adaptive behavior. Some positive reflecting resilience and others that are harmful and destructive. And that's basically what we, how we respond to each other as well and, and how we function in society. So I, we we have to recognize that we do have this trauma and we have to take it upon ourselves to heal within ourselves so we can be, you know, benefit to society so we can nation build and so we can be beneficial to each other and love on each other. Because let's be real. We need black men and black men need us. Period. Absolutely. You know, and, and as a single woman, I'm often feeling um, le- unprotected. I, I, my whole life, I can be honest, I felt unprotected by black men, you know. And so that is something that I seek in my relationships. Are you gonna protect me? And that means protecting my feelings, <laughs> protecting my heart, protecting me physically. That means understanding that I do have some issues, but and not and it helped me with that. You know, pour into me. You mentioned that pour into me and I'm going to be okay if you show me where I'm wrong and I can trust you. I'll let you leave, black man. Leave because I'm tired. <laughs> leave because I'm tired. I want yes. to leave, but you have to show me that you can leave. Yes. Because yeah, I, yeah. I want to be feminine and submissive and like, this, uh, what you want, baby? I want to be that. I don't want to be the one like, I got to do this. I got to do that because he ain't equipped to do it. Like I'm tired. <laughs> well, look, I want to go back to something real quick because I want to get into what y'all just talked about too in regards to uh black women not feeling protected, especially outside of their uh inner circles. Um, before we get into that though, I want to talk about the clapback specifically, right? Because I know some of y'all have been on my page and seen these conversations that I try to open up mm-hmm. where it seems to be going good. It seems to be going okay. And then the misunderstanding happens and then that shit jumps off the rails. And then now it's not even about, not even about arguing to get your point across. Now it's just about, I'm going to start taking digs. Like now it's about, I'm just going to start being disrespectful. Now it's about, I'm just going to start talking crazy. And somebody in the comments said, I want to make sure I go back and see. Uh, I can't see her name. I think that was Larice. The clapback is um... yeah, right here. The clapback is actually celebrated, specifically on on social media spaces, and oh, that's yeah. why. And that's why sometimes when it, I feel like it's starting to get there, now I go to the inbox because I feel like sometimes like I like all right, you're not going to try to embarrass me, and I'm not going to try to embarrass you because that's not healthy. You know what I mean? Because at first I I really did. I used to engage in that shit. I'd be like, oh, you want to go? And then we all we just start going in on each other publicly. You know Dang. what I mean? And now I had to check myself like, you know what? Even if they start going wild, I'm not going to do that. And, and I try to keep it at a level. Even when people start with it, I'll be like, listen, 
you could disagree with me, but if you look back at everything I said, I'm not saying anything to you personally disrespectfully. Right. Like, even if you don't agree with my point of what I'm saying, I'm not disrespecting you at all. So let's try to keep it there. And even, and you know, I know it's not always easy to keep it there. Like, you know, my Nisha was saying, when you and your feelings and, and when you're really feeling triggered, it's not easy to keep it there and start going to personal attacks. But I think that's a lot of it. Like, a lot of it is like, yo, we can't even have a conversation now because we're not even talking about the subject. Right. Like we're not even talking about the subject at hand now. Now we just now this shit is just it's just beef. You know what I mean? And and once we get to that and we in that state of like I said, we turn to porcupines. Once you get into that porcupine state and the, and the needles just come out, I don't think that shit is healthy for either side. I don't think it's healthy for the bigger, the greater good, which is always my my view and my focus is always the greater good. And if we talking about the greater good, man, we really have to do better because I'll be like, all right, now if I feel like shit is going south, going there, um, I'll call. And the funny thing is other people start doing it for me too. Like my boy Kev Nunez, me and him was on a post and he probably, he thought it would look like I was taking it somewhere. And he called me like, yo man, I just want to make, I was like, no, 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 bro. Like we just debating, you know, it's not disrespect and da, 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 da. You know, so, so I feel like, oh, that was big because a dude called me and wanted to make sure like he wasn't on some like macho shit. Like, nigga, you ain't going. You know what I'm saying? He called me like, yo, bro, I just want to make sure we good. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, we good. Da, da, da. That probably that little thing right there probably alleviated a whole bunch of unnecessary bullshit that probably could have came down the line because he thought something. Then he responded. So now I'm just responding to what he thought. And none of this shit is real. Like none of this shit is the real actual thing that's happening. But it don't even matter now because we're in a place where now we just beefing. And I think we have to like really all of us, we really have to work on like getting out of the fucking uh, clapback culture because, mm-hmm. you know, you know, especially with each other, like y'all can clap back at the Karens and all that shit. Oh, you want. Right. But <laughs> but like, <laughs> at each other i feel like we need to learn uh how to start giving each other a little more grace mm-hmm. in in these conversations and, and even if you feel like you're not getting in this district like like mike said sometimes you may need to step back and some people ain't ready to get it some people ain't ready for them conversations that's, at the, biggest, all. that's the biggest issue right there you have to be you have to be okay with like those uncomfortable conversations and 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 fighting yourself like fighting yourself is going to be your biggest battle because like I said, it's so much easier to just be mad. It's, it it would have been so much easier for your friend to be like, nah, you know what? I'm going to take it there because I feel triggered because <laughs> back in the day, somebody did this to me. Like, it's literally just a line of like trigger nation. Okay. Like yep. <laughs> somebody did this when I was five and I have never let it go. So now every time somebody approaches me with this, you know, yada, yada, yada. I called you, Dame, about the Doja situation. And I think that you were the first person who I like really like vocalized to and it was a weird situation for me because it was like you know I told you like I danced for her and then this situation happened then I know her and then you know I'm like things aren't adding up or whatever the case is and I really appreciated you coming uh or yeah like uh us speaking about that because that was another thing of like it's so much easier for everybody to be mad at her so much easier for everybody to just you know call her just like weird ass bitch like that's what I've been seeing the most um, say, and then same thing like I was just talking about in that video would be Simone. Like we like to be angry. We don't want to see people learn a lesson. We don't want to see people grow and we don't want to see people just flourish all together. And the people who are like the main ones who like to who like to dig and like, you know, fight against social media. Like if we all trying to come together, it's always that one person who just wants to be negative. And I'm just like, I don't know who you're trying to please. You know what I'm saying? And in my head, it's like if you're trying to fight against like the culture or against love. It's just like, you're okay with being stuck in this place. That's just like, 
so trash. You're never going to grow. And then it's going to feel like everybody's always against you because you're not even trying to listen. You're not even right. trying to understand. You're not even trying to grow as a person. And people really are not ready for that. Like, they yeah. are ready to get out of their ways. Like, it, and it's hard. Like, it's not an easy thing. It's not like, you know, we're just saying it like, yeah, like, get over it. Like, it's not that easy, you it's know? Years, and it comes from years. And I think that's the, the hardest thing trying to explain to people. If your mom was, you know, cheated on by your dad, left, you know, boom, she's there. Now your mom's angry. And then now you're angry. Now you hate. Now niggas ain't shit all the time, right? Then you have a kid or you have a niece or a nephew or whatever the case is. So you're spreading that same hate on. And then mm -hmm. I just going. I mean, that, that you know, generational curse just keeps growing and growing and growing. And then people not even realizing where it all stemmed from. Yeah. Like. People and that's it's like nobody wants to go there. Nobody wants to go there and understand, like, okay, we were set up to be hurt. <laughs> we were set up to be hurt. Well, we you know what, Dad? I'm glad you brought that up because I want to bring up the Doja thing myself. Because mm -hmm. I want to talk about in regards to the Doja Cat thing, the B Simone shit that I saw. Um, when it comes to uh cancel culture and canceling ourselves, we are so much harder on Ooh. our own. Then we are on like the white culture vultures who do dirt to us, for us, with us, within the hip hop community, within the black community. Go ahead, Mynesha. What, what <laughs> happened with Doja Cat? I don't know. The, I don't know the team. Yeah, I don't know what happened either. Okay, well, well, well lay it out, uh, Jazz. Yeah. Okay. So basically, um, Doja's into like gaming, and you know, like she gets on like these web chats, and you know, oh, yeah. like yeah, like Our talking about the whole nine. Doja's also. Um, white her mom is white and her dad is like african her name and her real name is amala like it's she's african african you know and so in um when this happened you know a lot of she grew up more with her mom her dad left when she was younger so she grew up only with her mom's side so while she's in these group chats like you know with her white friends who she grew up with who she's used to it's not that she like hates herself it's not any of that it's just simple fact of there is a a comfortability that I think she feels. She used the word nigger in the group chat and it was like, okay, that's very wrong. And I think that these are the moments that we need to say, Doja, that's wrong. Don't do that. Because to us, it's offensive, but to her, it's probably something that like, I don't even think that people are just saying it around her. I just think it's something that she knows, like I can say, you know what I mean? Like I can say this around my white friends. They can't say it, but I can say it, but no, that's still offensive. And then there were like other little things of like her saying, um, uh, her her hair is like uh, hard to deal with, but that was something I told Dame. Like I hear women say that every other day. I can't wait to get my hair braided today because, you know, I'm tired of doing it. Yeah, so it's like that kind of stuff, and, and that's when right I feel like, yeah, that's when I feel like people started picking on her. And so what the what the weird thing was was I dance for her, and I'm with her a lot. You know what I'm saying? And Doja only introduces herself as Amala. So, which means that anybody, somebody can be a closet racist who loves their African name. She wears her Afro all the time at rehearsal. She wears her braids. Like, it's certain things that people don't see. And I think that what I, what I um, kind of brought it to was we don't like to um, um, embrace what we don't understand. So, people, like I said, um, I made a video about this yesterday. People were constantly calling her like a weird ass bitch. Like, oh well, she was a weird ass bitch. And I'm like, why is she weird? Because she was into gaming. Why is she weird? Because you know she's into anime or cosplay. It's because we want people to be who we want them to be. So because she got a shape, a big booty, you know, a long wig, she's a rapper. We want her to be, you know, 
uh, Cardi. We want her to be all these people. But Doja's into like cosplay. And you know, she's like, okay with that. You know what I'm saying? And she loves that. And I think even when I'm in rehearsals with her, that same type of sentiment shows through. So it was definitely a hard time. And I'm glad I was able to talk to it, uh, talk about it with Dane because I was really conflicted. Because anybody who knows me, you know, I'm the blackest person in this world. Like, I will. Don't play with me about that. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't play. Don't, don't be saying, like, nigger and no, like, that type of stuff. But that's stuff that I felt like when I see her, when all this is over. But I did talk to her. I texted her about it. But when I see her, that's just guidance. And it's okay. She's into a new world. And we have to be okay with that. Same thing with the be Simone in the plagiarism situation. Like, the fact that she was all about this, you know, boyfriend and, you know, um, baby girl. Like, all that stuff. It was easier for black people to be like, oh, yeah, we like her. But the moment that she decides that she wants to step her life up and change her direction, oh, now we hate her. And because she made a decision and like, you know, what she <clears> likes <throat> as a um, as a woman or whatever the case is, like with her saying the whole entrepreneur nine to five thing, it was like, yeah, she said it. So like, you know, whatever. But it was still like we understand there is a difference in that. But people want to be mad because they don't like people to have their own like, you know, this is my opinion. I mean it and I'm sticking with it. You know what I'm saying? We don't like to see that. Like, we like to see each other confused. <laughs> we like to see each other, like, you know, like, in these weird spaces. Um, and then I think that we just have to be okay with people learning. Like, the plagiarism the plagiarism situation, if, if people don't know what happened, she wrote a book about manifestation. And she hired a team to help her write it. You know, she's like, I'm not the boss. Yeah, be small. Be small. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they... um. They were plagiarized. They they were plagiarism. They were plagiarizing, like you know, in the book. So they basically plagiarized like a lot of the stuff. And so she found out later. So she got on. She talked about it, whatever. And it was like I was still seeing people just down her so much. And I'm like, it's crazy because she's publicly learning a lesson, and she's okay with learning the lesson. But everybody's making her feel bad for something that was her first time ever doing. It was her first time ever even writing a book. It was her first time anything. And we all have to make mistakes and because she's on a platform it's just like i don't know what it is about people that's just like you know oh ooh, ooh, like you know she made a mistake let's like what i don't know what that internal thing is to make well, me feel like that you know well but, my friend said my friend said uh he says it all the time too he said america hates winners and oh. they they want to try to take winners down like like straight up like long as you the underdog they with you. The minute you are no longer an underdog, they trying to take you down. So like it's like they build you up to tear you down. And the thing about the B Simone thing, and even about the Doja Cat thing, I mean, my niche will probably know more than anybody. People used to call me white boy all the time. Like they was like, "Nigga, you want some white shit? You wearing all them chains and them spikes and shit?" And <laughs> <laughs> so I get what Jazz talking about in regards to the Doja thing. It's like if. We want black people to do and be a, spe a specific way all the time. And if you're not that and you don't fit into that box, people start getting on some weird shit with you. Like, cause I was like, I'm okay with not dressing like everybody else. I'm okay with wearing chains and spikes and shit. Like, I don't care. Like, I was wearing trucker hats before anybody. Like, I was on that shit. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I was on that shit a long, long time ago. You know what I'm saying? But DCs and shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so I'm I like I but. You know, a lot of people aren't okay with you being okay with yourself. And I think a lot of times that's because they're not okay with themselves. So it probably trips them out when you like, how is he so free? Like, how are you so, you know, like so okay with just saying what you feel, doing what you feel? Because one thing that I've noticed, like with Jazz and Mynesha, because I've known y'all so long and I watched y'all kind of grow, right? Mm -hmm. Like I watched y'all grow up. I've seen uh 
people not know how to deal with y'all once y'all start to come into y'all own. Like I've seen that with both of y'all. You know what I mean? Like I've seen people. We've talked about that before. Like the old Manisha wouldn't do, wouldn't say this and talk like this. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. But, but you've grown. To respond different. <laughs> exactly. But I'm saying, but because you grew and you started to be like, not only did you grow, you started to be like stepping to your power. Like you started yeah. to step into who you are and, and jazz, same thing. I'm like, I watched you step into who you are, even though for the most part, you always kind of was like, I don't give a fuck. This is me. Like mm-hmm. I'm on some other shit. You always was like that. But as you started to pair <laughs> that with maturity and education, like, and I start to see people look like who she thinks she is. And we always go to that shit. Like we go to that when it's like, we're trying to better ourselves. It goes to other people around who aren't better themselves. Go to who the fuck he think he is, who she thinks she is. And we have to really be careful in that because that's how we tear down our leaders. That's how we tear down those that want to get on the front line for us. Like in regards to even no name making that, that tweet, I'm like, I kind of feel like that's some of the reason that some of the people you want to speak out and wish would speak out don't. Because as soon as you come out, people try to find something wrong with what you say, nitpick it, and go back and find a tweet from 10 years ago that conflicts with what you say and what you feel now. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, oh, that nigga saying that now, but he was just talking shit about this and that 10 years ago. You know what I mean? So, you know so, so many people just like, I'm not saying shit. Go ahead, Jess. Is it is interesting um, to go back to kind of uh, what you were talking about, about the growth. Being a dancer um, is a is an interesting job because it's something that you're not going to walk up to every person and then they're going to be like yeah I dance behind some of your favorite artists like that's a job that like you don't see often so it's like sometimes when I go into into places and then people ask and I start talking about it it becomes a thing because it's just something that like you know is different you know and so to like a normal crowd not to our crowd but like to a normal crowd it's like oh wow like that's what you do for a living and so I feel like that exact pressure when I'm in certain situations and I feel like that's kind of how like me and my friends were on this different wave because for me it's still a job and and things are still important to me so like when I hear from somebody like you know if, if an artist says like you know compliments me like yo you're a great blah blah blah, blah. I want to go back to my friends like yo guess what they said like they said that I'm blah blah blah, blah. and you guys are not creating that safe space for me just because of what my job is and it's like you uh, and the people like automatically put you in this like kind of box of which is like you know because she's in a spotlight she can't possibly feel this mm-hmm. she can't possibly understand this and it's like no i need y'all more than ever right you know what I'm saying? Like, i need people more than ever i miss out on uh, so many family events i miss out on all my friends stuff i feel like i can never plan nothing because i don't know what's gonna come up you know i i'm gotta live paycheck to, you know like not paycheck to paycheck but like you know when the next one gonna come like you're kind of just in this space constantly and we it creates a really really hard uh, a really hard environment when once again people don't like the fact that you're just like confident or whatever the case is and so then it becomes like okay now you didn't take you didn't take my safe space away yeah but you this know? is my issue with that too this is my issue with that too though the way we treat each other we don't even do that to like the culture vultures who take our shit and plagiarize our shit and and come in and steal like we don't cancel them oh, nearly half the amount of time. You know what I'm saying? Kashi, like, Kim K, all of them. <laughs> I think we have to reckon as a community the internalized racism that we have because that's what that is. Yeah, right. Racism. White people see us as a monolith, and we see each other as a monolith. Like I remember, Dame, you had a post about uh, black AF or blackish. 
right? Mm -hmm. Like we talk about what's the black story, who can be black, how is this blackness? And we have to really reckon with that because we also see ourselves as one way. If you're not from the hood, then you don't understand the struggle. Right. Right. That's and that <laughs> is something that is directly pulled from racism and eugenics is that black people are poor and da 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 da, da and we hope that it, we is so entwined because we've grown up in this culture that we can't even see it. Yeah. But that's what internalized racism. Like mm -hmm. you can only be this one way, you can only stay in this box. And I'm only going to stay in this box. And the part of that is fear when people don't leave the hood, mm -hmm. right? All this stuff for me changed. If I would have stayed, you know, growing up down the street from Washington Prep, I probably wouldn't be this. But I, I, I got to go out into the world and go to undergrad and interact with other types of black people. My best friend that I met the first day of orientation, she's from Oakland. I thought she was weird as hell because she was like, you know, she had this hippie stuff and her dad was white and she talked different than I did. Uh -huh. and coming from, you know, South Central, I had my hoops on, my bamboos, and I'm like, uh, she's going to be weird. We not going to be friends. And it's just like, and I didn't realize until I was there with other Black people that wasn't that weren't from South Central like, you know, all these experiences getting shot up at parties and not being able to go in certain hoods, that's not a, that's not, it's not normal. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It ain't normal. And it's traumatizing, but it's not every black person's experience. Right. And so that was my reckoning. But if you don't go out of that, you don't have that um, image to challenge your worldview. And then we get stuck in this whole, like, we have to be one thing. So it's like, it's a whole bunch of things, but. I think it boils down to like internalized racism. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. What's, what's your thoughts on that, Pandora? On like, like you was talking about Kim K, Takashi, and how they get to, you know, do this and that, and they come back in and they get love coming back in. And somebody like B Simone, we trying to cancel her just because she said something we don't like on the radio show. Like, like what is that? I think it's it has a lot. Well, I think it has a lot to do with their which is mostly white people, first of all. So since they're the dominant culture and the dominant um, in society, it's hard to cancel people like that because of who, who their following is. B. Simone doesn't have the same following. Neither does Doja Cat as a Kim K or even Takashi 69 You know what I mean? Right, um, right. And I think, so <laughs> when when they have that certain following, you it's, it's hard... It, when you have a lot of the white people following them, <laughs> it's hard to cancel that. So they can co-op black culture, mm -hmm. you know, they can market off it. The very things that we, especially black women, the very things that black women cannot go into a workplace looking like, uh -huh. they can do it and make it trendy and popular. You know, as far as I hear, I'm locked up. You know, when I was looking for a job, I used to throw on a wig. Because wow. I didn't want them to see my locks. Wow. But say if Kim K decided she wanted to get some lock extensions, everybody, oh how cool! You know what I mean? She out here getting a uh, a fat transfer, so her ass can look big. They filling up their lips. Kylie Jenner don't even look like who she was born to be, and it's okay, you know. Um, so I I think we don't have the I don't want to say we don't have the power. I don't. I, don't I, I think we don't come at them as much. Maybe they're because of the internalized racism, as Misha said. Well, but, yeah. I, I feel like she, you know, 
Kim K should have been freaking canceled. And Takashi, he's a snitch on the streets. You dead. Like the fact that he's even alive and still he said, today. He's a nigga every other day. And I was like, even when and they let him. you chose him to, to pour into right now. But they let him. And that's another thing. You have too many of us that allow our white friends to come into our space and thinking it's it's okay to say certain things. And it's not. We give them people gave Takashi 6ix9ine a pass, which is yeah. why. Yeah. Which is why he is so freaking ridiculous right now. Right. Yep. You know? Yep. So that's my thoughts on it. I think I think we like Manisha said, it's the internalized thing. Maybe we feel powerless over it, you know, but I also do believe it's because of the following. She got that money. She got that power. Money, privilege. What is, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think people fall into Simone, that. Comfortable. Simone don't have that. She don't have that kind of power. And Chris Jenner is a, uh, is sorcery. She gonna make, she gonna make this. <laughs> That heifer gonna make some money off of any type of negative feedback them girls get. Yeah. You know? I I think it's a comfortability thing, too. Like, sometimes when I see, like, Black people praising, like, people like Kim K or, like, Takashi, I'm like, you are a person who is trying to make white people feel comfortable. Right. You're trying, like, the different one. Yeah. And I think that is, I think that that is one of our main issues, like, when it comes when it came to like the Gucci situation, you know, like with the whole blackface thing, or yeah, like I'm seeing people like go out and intentionally buy Gucci to be like, man, y'all niggas tripping. Like I'm gonna sit and I'm like, what is it that makes you want to fight so hard against your own people? It's making white people feel comfortable. And right. I think that, that like we feel like we can't do it without them. But this is a whole other conversation. But even the whole ally thing, like, okay, it's cool that y'all want to help, but it's like I want black people to understand that we can do it. We can do it. Don't need no saviors. We, we don't, don't need no saviors. <laughs> who for y'all to, you know, if y'all just want to come and do it for real, then it won't always have to feel like an ally situation. It can just be like, I'm just here to, to fight the fight. Like, but it's always like, hey, acknowledge me because I'm helping and I'm white. And the black people are like, okay, great, because we can do it without you anyway. And it's like, um, no, we got it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? We can do it. But I think it's just about like, that you know, systematic oppression, systematic, yeah. just everything is just systematic, and some right. people are able to make it out, and some people aren't. Mm -hmm. And I think it's time to have those conversations of just like, hey, like you can do it too. Like I remember having a conversation with one of my homeboys who was like a big gay banger back when I was in high school, and he's like, "Fuck Black Lives Matter," and I was like, "The movement, not that, but like the movement." Right. I get and it. I was like, okay, you know, I get it, because it doesn't. You don't have to be a part of like you know, a movement, but I said, but don't give up on your people. I said, it's a, it's a totally different fight. I said, if you want to fight from where you are, then cool. But I said, you don't have to go out here and be doing all this extra out stuff. But he's like, but you know, all my dudes are still, you know, all my niggas still being shot by black people. So why would I fight? I'm just like, well, here's the thing. Like you, you can't dream about what you don't know exists. So mm -hmm. if you're just sitting in the same space in this box, your mm -hmm. whole entire life you don't even realize that you can be the change and i mean after a certain amount a certain period of time he was like okay well i guess not like fuck black lives matter but i get it i was like yeah because you might have to be the one to go in front of your homeboys and be like no nah, i'm good i want to try this or let's go protest this or let's go do this i'm like y'all probably take a, a drive to laguna beach it might change your life yeah just yeah you know, just seeing water that beautiful, like it is, it's, it's literally systematic. Like we, you know, like we don't even just know, like we don't even know our power, our strength, why we're so good at everything naturally. Right. 
And that's and that and that was my point. Like saying, I don't know if we feel like we don't have the power to cancel them people. Uh, right. You know, right. we're always inviting people to the damn cookout. Like, no, nah. man, <laughs> man, we got that shit. If we don't invited to the cookout. This is the cookout, and it was like a sign, like a protest sign. This is the cookout right, right. now. <laughs> and I think it's because historically our spirit, we are a forgiving people. Our set, you know, just just yeah. historically and ancestrally, right. that's just who we are, you know. But nah, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> okay, we so to the barbecue. Right. So I want to take it to this next part. I want to take it before we get out of here. I want to take it to this next piece. How do we have these conversations? And stay together and stick together and understanding and knowing that sometimes we are not going to agree on every single thing, because I think that's the next thing. Like, how how do we as, as my niece said, we like to view black people as a monolith. And, and I'm not talking about those detrimental to black people. Like, I'm not talking about the Candace Owens of the world and the Officer Tate. I'm not talking about them. I'm not talking about them because that's a whole nother conversation. I'm talking about if we have. Uh, differences in opinions about how our approach is on certain things or, or differences, but we all kind of know that we have the same goal in mind. How do we have these tough conversations with each other and then stay uh, on code together, even if we disagree to where we're not trying to cancel somebody because they said something in a way that we don't like or cancel somebody because they don't 100% line up with all of our values? Because I feel like that's another issue that we have is that if you feel like they don't align up on all of my values and check all the boxes of everything I believe in, I feel, then I can't fuck with them or we can't move together. And I'm like, that's not going to work because black people ain't never going to advance if, if that's how we do it. Because there's so many, yeah, because there's so many factions and factors. So, uh, who, Anisha, you want to speak to that first? I think, can y'all hear me? Yep. Okay. Um, I think we need to open up spaces outside of social media where we can have an actual verbal conversation and spaces. I, we, we need to open up healing spaces. So I'm a therapist and like when I bring people together in group therapy, we all come with the idea. I have these rules. You gonna respect your, respect people that da, 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 talk about yourself. Right. So we have to come into these spaces with these specific rules to guide conversation and keep people safe. Mm -hmm. Social media, talking to somebody on a thread is not a safe space to be able to share these things. And we have to establish these things. So we need to create healing spaces. We're not going to be able to get to the conversation if we don't get past those initial emotions, right? And so that's looking to people outside of, you know, celebrities, but people that have power, the people that are doing this work, like you opening up, this is healing. And the people that are watching and witnessing, this is healing, but it's not a social media thread where we're typing. We're actually having a conversation. Mm -hmm. So we have to be able to create these spaces or look to people that know how to create these spaces to be able to move forward and to heal and to have these conversations in a respectful way. One that has boundaries and has a structure mm. to a certain extent. That's what, that's what we miss. We, if we don't set the rules and the intentions in the beginning, then mm -hmm. everything is like this, but we have to set that space mm. or safe holding container to have these conversations. And we, we just need to make more space for that. I'm a uh, I'm I'm a mental health professional as well, so yeah, I totally did. When the first <laughs> I figured it was you were when you so just like, the certain words terms you use, but 
also there is, like you said, at the beginning of group, there is, we're going to respect each other's space. We're going to have boundaries. There's no this, there's no this. This is a safe space. What happens in the group stays in the group. Those conversations. In, reg in, in regards to social media, I think because this is kind of our number one way of communicating right now, what mm -hmm. I've learned to start doing, like I posed a question about, um, and Dame, I think you commented, uh, do, 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 do assist black men feel that gay black men have more advantages? I had to put a disclaimer Let's keep it nice. <laughs> I, I want real honest answers without, you know, making anybody feel uncomfortable. And I think maybe that's what we might have to start doing when we have these conversations. Like, this is not for anyone to argue. This is a safe space for people to share their opinions. Like, I didn't want black men, because black men always often feel, and I hear this a lot, that black women take up for gay black men and we don't take up for them, you know? And so I didn't want black men uh, straight black men to feel like this is what was going to be an attack on them. But then I didn't also didn't want my gay black men friends to feel like they, they were going to be attacked by all the comments from the black men. And I was surprised because the black men were like, nah, we good. Like, <laughs> you know, so I think in the social media space, we need to maybe put those little disclaimers out. And if we see it kind of going left, we got to redirect it just like we would in group. Redirect it like, hey, 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 pause. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, we can't avoid social media conversations. This is our number one way of communicating right now. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's interesting too because, um, and I think another thing too we have to talk about too. We are nuanced people, and mm -hmm. we can hold more than one thought in our head at the same time, right? right. Like it, it's so funny because um, one day at the exact same time on two different threads, I was being called homophobic, homophobic on one. And I was being called gay because I was defending gay and transgender people on another one. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I was like, I was saying, yeah, I was showing people. I said, this is funny because people, because we know people see through their view and through their lens. And I'm like, I think sometimes we have to understand that conversations are nuanced and we have to be okay with having those nuanced conversations without just trying to drop labels on each other. Like just trying to, they, there's these certain trigger words that people will say back to back that I feel like ends the conversation, like homophobic, uh, patriarchy, uh, misogynist. Like when you say, sir, so then it's like, it's hard to have the conversation because again, those are things too that automatically takes it to a defensive level right mm -hmm. on, on on both sides so mm -hmm. I, I agree with you keila maybe when we do try to have some of these conversations on a thread which is difficult because you can't retone mm -hmm. but maybe we do need to have those kind of disclaimers like yo we want to have a real conversation and a real mm -hmm. dialogue here um because i do see that certain people i have to escort them off the thread especially if i feel like we're having um meaningful dialogue and you had that one disruptor come in that just want to come in and say some shit and you like you what <laughs> yeah like you got that one disruptor just come in like just want to knock down buildings and tear shit up and so i think we have to we do have to be careful because certain like I, I used to try to not delete anybody's comments because i kind of want to give everybody a space but i'm like sometimes if that shit is too disruptive to the conversation have i have to. to i have to delete it because i'm like this not this not about like trying to cut free speech mm -hmm. yeah yeah this is about like trying to get somewhere and what you're doing right now is not constructive to the conversation so we do also have to understand who's trying to be constructive to the conversation and who's just jumping in there trying to troll and, and piss people off like we really have to 
be careful with that and be careful of letting that kind of that, that kind of energy into good conversations. Like mm. I've seen where I'm on my page having good dialogues and good conversations. And then the troll comes and they derail everybody. So everybody starts sending their energy towards the troll and mm-hmm. this good dialogue and good conversation that we were having is done. It gets lost. You can't go. You can't get that energy back. You can't get that momentum back. And I know we've been talking about, you know, black men and black women just really talking to each other, trying to figure out how to pour into each other. Um, I think also, too, we we do have to acknowledge those those pains like black women feel like they have been unprotected. I think one thing is black men should acknowledge that. You know what I'm saying? Like we should not like, look, y'all feel unprotected. Y'all feel that we have not done right by y'all. And we have to acknowledge a lot of us have not done right by y'all. And now we're trying to do right by y'all. You know what I mean? And 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 because we are trying to do right by y'all, even the, the shit, the, the dudes that we probably were five years ago, we probably not now because we're trying to learn. We're trying to unlearn some behaviors. We're trying to mm-hmm. unlearn like some homophobic shit that we would do and say, even if we didn't think it was homophobic. You know what I'm saying? We're trying to unlearn certain behaviors, um, the way we talk to women in a certain way, like without thinking about those power dynamics. Like there's things that we're trying to do and trying to unlearn. So yes, we need to acknowledge that. But then also after that, then we want to move in love. Like, cause we don't want to sit and stay in the pain, but also we do want to make sure that y'all know that we see y'all because I know that's one of the mm-hmm. biggest things. Like my niece said, black women feel like we don't see them. Black women feel like they, um, um, black women don't feel like their experiences are being validated. You know what I'm saying? So, so maybe if we do have more of these conversations that validate, like, look, I hear you. I see you. I know you're hurt. I under, I understand your pain. How can we do better? How can we be better? Because when the conversation comes from there, it's hard to have that same conversation when the men say black men ain't shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, so, 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 so all that shit that I just said, it goes out the window. Like it's, it, it's done. And, and, it's and, and like, it's sad. Yeah. And, and even vice versa, like men, Away men silence us. These are two two things I notice, especially when they when they try to silence. This is what I've experienced. You're emotional, you know, because I have a strong point. Men say I'm emotional, or who hurt you? You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. who hurt you? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like hey. you're really trying to silence me. You trying to you trying to hit a nerve on purpose. You're not yeah. trying to hear what I'm saying. You're not you're not understanding that. Yeah, maybe I actually have been hurt. So maybe you need as a man, you the protector, you the man, you the head. Be like, okay, let me approach this differently because I can see she's been hurt. And on the flip side, we can't always be so quick to be like, oh, toxic masculinity. We throw that shit out there like, ooh, toxic. You a toxic. (laughs) You know, we do that shit. And then you know, and I had to real. I had I, I tweeted. I said some of you birds is just as toxic as the men you attract what? because <laughs> we we can be just as toxic with our mouths, with our tones, like our tone. Like Jay Cole didn't like her tone. And uh, Doctor er, Michael Eric Dyson was having a conversation with Angela Rye, and he was basically he was praising Jay Cole, and Angela was conflicted, like yeah, you know. And Dr. Dyson just was saying, well, I think with J. Cole, and he was saying it from a man's point of view, J. Cole was just trying to let her know, like, we have to talk to each other better, you know, 
And I think that was the main point of what what J. Cole was saying as far as tone. I don't think he was necessarily trying to police her tone. And after Dr. Dyson explained that from the man's perspective, I was like, I, I, can, I can see that because the way they threw it out there was very aggressive. Well, you know? and, also, and also, I just want to say, too, um, to y'all point about these safe spaces, I think uh, black women, too, also have to learn to build a space of vulnerability for black men because a lot of black men uh, feel uncomfortable being vulnerable with black women because like a lot of dudes will hit me in my inbox on posts that are like uh, tricky you know, posts that are touchy and they be like, damn, nigga, you bold. I'm like, well, cause I don't care about being in the lion's den. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I like, I don't care. I, I could take the heat, but they'll hit me in the inbox and be like, I want to I want to comment on your post, but they scared to, cause they feel like, well, I'm gonna be attacked. Cause if I say this, they're going to attack me. You know and what see, I mean? And that's an important aspect. I think for people to acknowledge, like, you know, and I think that's that, uh, you know, another part of that competition factor comes in, is like mm -hmm. your feelings are invalid, mine are, you know, um, my dad hurt me, so I gotta make sure that I hurt you, or I know, or I don't think men have feelings. I think that's something from a woman's perspective that men that women don't be thinking that men have feelings as well, you know, and, and vice versa. Um mm -hmm. and then and then even going back to like you saying, like, what can we do? Um, I think that I was like writing stuff down, like so I wouldn't forget because I was like, yo, because there really are things, you know, mm -hmm. and there's things that you have to like, you know, work individually. Like I was saying, just keep being an example. Being an example, I feel like can go a long way, especially on social media. I realized I almost got twenty thousand followers, so somebody looking, right? Sense that you know, I'm making sure that I'm trying to put out, you know, the right, um, the right words, um, really sharing, like genuinely sharing my experiences. So the thing is, I don't need you to compare your life to mine. I'm not comparing my life to yours because I've had plenty of experiences. People want to know why I'm so hostile about like race stuff. It's because every time I go overseas, something I'm being I'm dealing with a racist situation. I've been called monkeys, all type wow. of stuff over there. So absolutely, I am like hella hostile, you know, about white people sometimes. Having patience with each other, you know, having patience in whether it be a relationship, a friendship, or whatever the case is. We have to have patience to understand that nobody in a situation is perfect. Everybody has been hurt in some type of way. So have patience with the people that are in your space, that are in your circle. Healing individually, working on ourselves, you know what I mean? Healing individually is, I think, one of the most important concepts as far as um, even dealing with this great stuff, dealing with relationship stuff, dealing with personal stuff, careers. If we are solid on the inside, we can handle these things. We can have better emotional regulation. We can get through these steps without having to knock somebody else or not even wanting to hear them. I think that that will help so, so, so much. Sorry that I'm reading a checklist. Finding a role. <laughs> Finding a role. Finding a role is very important, I think, in our generation as well um and just kind of like learning um where you fit in and where you can help and i think that between black people in particular it's going to, you you're going to have to find a role because we all need each other and i think that we all have our own mm -hmm. we all have our own strengths so if i'm really good at mm -hmm. communicating and you're not then i'm going to try to help you i'm going to try to sit here and um kind of you know 
baby you a little bit if I need to into helping you communicate. So asking questions, that's something I learned with my boyfriend. I wasn't good at that at all. He had to come to me about that. I ask you all the time, how you doing? Questions, questions. He came to me much nicer. I'm just talking kind of, you know, but you know, asking questions, questions, questions and trying to realize things about me. And I'm just like, okay, cool. What about you? And he's like, I want you to ask. I want you to dig and I want you to know. And I think that's very important because now you guys know each other um, you guys know each other in those ways. You guys know what's what's hard and what's not. So now you know how to handle your partner. Um, that's that's amazing. Oh, let me get to this comment real quick, Jazz, because I want y'all. I want the women to answer this. Uh, yeah. Tiffany Fullwood said, uh, "How many times does something have to be repeated for change to occur? Ooh. Especially if the delivery is unsavory. Do you have to tell them three times angry and one time peacefully, <laughs> or tell her four times? How many times do we expect to repeat ourselves, angry or calmly? And how many times are we being told the same thing? Let's talk about that. Let's get into that. <laughs> <laughs> get in there, Tiff. Okay." Well, I don't know. I, I feel like if I'm having to, so okay, let's say in a relationship dynamic, it's a behavior that I'm noticing in a certain person, right? In a man. Yeah. If I notice it, if I have to speak to him on it three times, this is my, this is just mine. You know, if I have to speak to him on it three times, I know right then he's not going to change. You know, and then I have to make a decision. Am I going to you know, stay and deal with this or am I going to be like, I'm good, you know, and, and that's just what it really all comes down to, you know. Now, if you've been in a long-term relationship and you guys are having a disagreement or something and you guys are not seeing eye to eye, I think the first thing we need to do is be patient with each other. We're not patient with each other at all. So we need to be patient with each other and maybe just sit down and be like, okay, look, this is how I'm seeing this or I'm reading what you're saying to me like this. So I need you to explain it to me how you really feel and how you mean it because I'm 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 receiving it in a way that's not making me happy and feel good right now. You know, but just to answer her question, I don't I'm at the point, I'm too old. I, <laughs> I'm at the point where after your behavior ain't changing, this is who you are because the you know, the best ap apology is change behavior. Mm -hmm. And if I don't see it, I got to go. So, no, it ain't no need in raising your voice. I don't like to fight. I don't like to argue. Because, one, like I said, um, I was, I've been in abusive situations. So when I feel myself getting like that, I know that this is a toxic situation for me. If somebody makes me feel like that, they're toxic to me. And I have to recognize that and step away. I think we have to set our own our own boundaries. Again, back to boundaries. It's like, so all right, boundaries. I tried this times and that's it I gotta tap out and then you just have to be okay with like this person's not gonna get it and maybe it's me yep. and they're not gonna get it for me and I have to let someone else tap in and address this situation right or maybe it is my tone or something about me mm -hmm. I think you know, have it could just yeah. be like literally we have these things these unconscious things that trigger us and we don't even know it right maybe if I'm having a conversation with you I look like your ex-girlfriend so anything I say <laughs> is how I'm saying it, right, right, right. Or I, my voice sound like your mama, who you don't like, or right, <laughs> yeah, though, for real. <laughs> so like, you know, we so we have to set our own boundaries. Like, I can only do this two or three times, and I'm tapping out, and right. this is just going to have to be it. And I agree with you. I mean, yep. internal work. Like, we can't. Like, we just have to be able to tap out and then be right. okay with that. And people I agree with you wholeheartedly. To in, just be like, nope. My boundary, you crossed the line. I gave you two chances. 
and just be able to like chuck the deuces and just really tap out and step out of a conversation or a situation. You hear yeah. that tip? So you hear that tip? She said, you know, you got we you basically gotta set your boundaries that work for you mm-hmm. in regards to how you want to deal with uh how much you're gonna take, how people gonna talk to you, how you're gonna talk to people, and how you want those interactions to go, especially specifically in certain one-on-one relationships and one-on-one dynamics, because you can control those much better when it's your own personal dynamics. And she has a great question that I want to get into because <clears throat> I think this goes to the whole. Um, I, you know, I thank God that Brianna Taylor has been talked about a lot and on the regular, but I think this, this goes to a bigger conversation. Um, Tiffany said she coming with the heat today. Uh, <laughs> she said, how do we get men to care as much about reproductive justice and dying on the operation table as they do about police brutality? Oh, she said men. Yeah. I, do we? Okay. Do, I didn't know that man didn't care about that. I think. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Yeah, I think it's just a thing of a lot of people don't know. I think um, that's what it is too. Yeah. Like I I know I'll be having stories, but I literally I literally um was in North Carolina and, and was having some issues and went to the doctor and this white nurse didn't even touch me. and it was something dealing with like my womb, you know what I mean? Like yeah. she didn't even touch me. She been like she was just like you know, not to, you know, business or whatever, but she's like, you know, you sure you're pregnant, you sure you're not having, you know, too aggressive, like, set, and I'm just like, you know, and I was just like, you're not even asking questions, you're not even asking what's happening, you don't care. So I, I think it's a thing that, that people don't even know that these things are happening, because once again, we're so, um, we're so conditioned to feel like the doctor's <laughs> Thing, you know that that we don't even trust our own bodies. They try to make us fight. We don't trust our own bodies. If I gotta fight one more doctor about not getting no damn flu shot, if I gotta fight fight one more doctor about not getting you know no shots, like I'm not doing it. My aunt was just talking to my cousin about that. Like if you don't want your baby to get no fight, you know they put all shots in one now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One, you know, and it's like if I don't want to do that, I need to know that I don't have to do that. But I think that's all education. I think that. All for everybody because it won't be just us if something happens to a black man they don't care about his ass either yeah so i think it's a thing of just like all of us understanding what the situation is but that also goes back to black people knowing that nobody is on top is better than anybody and we are all in this situation basically like still nigga you know what i mean so some people think they got good insurance and the doctor care about you more no ma'am no sir and the more money I, you know like i don't know Necessarily feel like women dying on the uh during childbirth and things like that is equivalent to police brutality and men getting killed or or us not caring like I don't see the equivalency in that. What I would see is like men's prostate health in you know getting prostate cancer and equivalency to us in our reproductive health. So I, I I'm having a hard time meshing working silent. Well, you know what it is? I think uh, I think. Go ahead, my oh, go ahead, I, no, no, go ahead. I think it's it's similar, one, because these doctors are in power, right? Mm-hmm. And these doctors are overwhelmingly white and they have control over us and they're blatantly ignoring and being blatantly abusive to women and not hearing them. And it's not and it goes across race and class. race, I mean it goes across class, right? Because we hear about mm-hmm. Serena Williams struggles, right? So to me it's like it's about these People who are this predominantly white model, the medical model is a predominantly white model that has to interact with black women and that see them differently, see them having a high higher pain tolerance, believes all the stereotypes about people being on drugs and da 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 da. 
So then they're negligent in their care, just like police see black people as inherently dangerous and so forth for their life. And they're negligent or all that other quote unquote training or the training is piss poor. So they don't know how to respond to that. I have a friend that's in med school and she's the only black person in her class in her particular cohort. And she's gone to medical conferences and heard some crazy stuff. Well, or like the man got on TV and said like, well, maybe black people don't wash their hands more. I think it's a, it's a white system that is abusing people and they have the power and they're not being held accountable. And so I think it is very similar, different type of abuse. It's not as, you know, you can't record a woman dying because a doctor or nurse, the nursing team was negligent. Like you can't someone getting shot on the street. So I think it, it is an equivalent to a certain extent. It's just not as talked about because it's no way like you can't be in a hospital room if you're not in the hospital room with somebody. Uh, Kamala, uh, who's a, a, a healthcare professional, she said, well, negative stereotypes regarding black people is rooted in health. And that's how they justify the brutality of slavery and the like. So so it's similar in a way, um, like, you know, Mynesha said, too. Um, I think it's important and I think it's not been talked about only because enough of us have not been talking about it and putting it on the forefront. I don't think it's because of lack of caring. I think it's because of lack of awareness, because. Mm -hmm. I didn't know about the infant mortality rate until I actually had my first child mm -hmm. for, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I didn't know about the infant mortality rate for black women until I had my second child. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, so it's like some things you just don't know. You're not aware of until you step into those spaces and then you're like, Oh wow, this is a real problem. And I think we're talking about it a little more now, but I do think it needs to start getting raised awareness to, to a national level because there's literally old medical books that talk about how black people can withstand more pain than white people. Yeah. Yep. And, and shit like that. Anesthesia thinking that we didn't feel pain. Like, but that even, but that even goes to show the power that we have as black people <clears throat> because white people are trying to figure out the code. They're like, <laughs> are these niggas so good at everything? How do we beat these niggas our whole life? You know what I'm saying? Like literally I feel like this is what, this is what their conversations are. Like, you know what I mean? And it's just like, in these moments, it's just like, we're not indestructible. We have emotions too. But we're resilient. We're strong. Yeah. We're a strong group of people. And I was just like, I just be wanting, I just be wanting us to know that because I think once we know that, understand it, there's no stopping us. You know, yeah. there's no stopping us. Yeah. Once you, you become educated, and once you can talk to these doctors and say, no, actually, yada yada yada, you know, like once we can do that and we feel comfortable because we can do it, but we just gotta feel comfortable. Yeah. You know, yeah. We, we okay with like we have to do extra work in life and that's okay yeah but I, I, but i also think too i also think we do need to raise the awareness on that we do need to raise the awareness on the black women who are brutalized by cops because yeah uh black black the black brutality of women it ain't relegated to just th those who got killed and mm -hmm. i think that's what get lost in the sauce sometimes is like black brutality of uh, women with po black women and police is is sometimes is just the way you're treated. Sometimes it's you know what I mean. Sometimes it's you you can even be black women are beat by police. You know what I mean? Like black women are mishandled, like sexually assaulted. Yeah, they they it's sexually assaulted, and they handle black women the way they would never handle a white woman. They handle black kids, young black girls, and young black kids a way they would never handle young white kids. Like we've seen it. You know what I mean? So I do think we have to do a, a, a better job of making sure all boats 
rise to the tide because mm -hmm. I think all of those are important in this moment and we all mm -hmm. should be important in this moment. You know what I mean? And I think even in that, even when we talk about that, we need to talk about that in love and not in a, a blaming way. Cause like people be like, they only care about uh hetero black males. I'm like, we don't make the news. Like, like there was a, uh, there was a um, transgender uh, young lady who was killed, who was hanged. She uh, transgender was hanged. And I was like, a lot of people didn't know about it. And I, and I was like, as soon as I saw it, I posted it. I said, but the thing is, if people don't know about it, you can't get mad at them for not knowing about it. Because that's what I felt like was happening. A lot of people was like, well, you ain't said nothing about this transgender that got yeah. nothing about that woman who got shot. Like, I was like, I didn't know about it. Like, if I'm aware. I like that, too. And I feel like I was like helping speak for everybody. I was just like, yo, you got to be more patient with us because they are making the headlines the way that, you know, the way that you're seeing it. Our timelines are completely different. So be patient with the people, you know, for years and years, the world has been like, you know, basically um, uh, uh, trained to be like, man, woman, man, woman, man, woman. So anytime that you are coming into the situation, for those people who do not want to leave their mindset, like, you know, like they don't they don't want to learn. So you really have to be patient with it. But I think the problem is everybody wants to be accepted. You know, yeah. so everybody yeah. wants to be like, well, this is a reality. This is my life. Why does it have to be something different? Like, why does it have to be something that people accept? Because that's just the way that that life was, you know. And so for some people, like we were able to get out of it and other people cannot. And it's just like, yeah, but I definitely have to have that conversation with somebody, damn, like one of my friends. And I was like, sometimes we don't know. So you can be that person that can start educating people. Start yeah. leaving so other people's met you know on their on their things like one if you have to have the conversation you just can't blame and not have the conversation right right but it's, i also, also to, to not to challenge but also people you have to diversify who's on your feed yes absolutely right oh, yeah. so it's like trans people talk about trans you know like in general we group with people that we're more comfortable with so you have to diversify your feed and who's seeing it. a lot of the stuff that I see is because I started to follow, actively follow um, LGBTQIA folks and trans folks and I'm doing my work. And so then I think too, like we're all at this point because this is not new, but I think we're all at the point where time is up, right? Mm -hmm. Time right. is up for white people, denying right. racism, systemic and systematic. Time mm -hmm. is up for uh, people not accepting or understanding or willing to engage conversations about um, non-hetero people, non-cis people. I think we're all, everybody's at this point where this is not new at this point. Even though the struggle for equality in terms of um, racism and sex and genderism is newer, this, they, I mean, queer and trans people have been doing this for years, for decades. Right. Like we and have. so they're also too, right, so like, and just like women have been doing, trying to undo the inequality within our you know, cisgendered or binary genders. Like the work has been done equally. And so I think everyone is at the point where time is up and I don't got time for you to do this slow process. Like you don't have to actively engage it, but just start following people that look a little different. And that's on you. That's the onus is on you. Like, okay, I didn't know about this. Let me follow more women. Let me follow more queer and trans people so I can see this stuff and have it filter into my psyche. But if you're saying, I don't understand it, but then don't do nothing about it, then to me, that's willful ignorance. Right, right. And, and, and you also got to understand the media controls the narrative, right? Yep. So if the media is not reporting these trans uh, deaths, 
we're not going to know about it, you know? So that's also something that we have to consider too, unless you're just constantly like on the news. And it's just like with, uh, with, with, I mean, media images are very strong. Like for instance, with black men, they portray black men a certain way, but there's a lot of black men out here getting killed that don't make the news. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. And with Breonna Taylor's case, we still, we still, we didn't know about hers for what, weeks? And then the officers are still not charged with anything. Yeah. Or arrested. So there's a lot to reckon with. (laughs) There are definitely some disparities in how black women are treated by law enforcement and how we react. And same with trans, the trans and uh, LGBTQIA community and how we respond to black men. But but also when it comes to black men and police brutality, they're the ones that are disproportionately being murdered. And that's how come we hear about it so much. But just with, with, with Dayvon and, and they kill each other, you ain't hearing about that because it's happening every night. You know, the media controls that. Yeah, yes. I, so I think- Go ahead, Manisha. No, no, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I think the onus is on us to stop relying on mainstream media because there are other smaller media outlets that are reporting these things more regularly. And so we have to do the work to look at those things and not just looking at Fox, CBS, BuzzFeed. But we have to stop relying on the white controlled heterosexual yeah. mainstream media. Yeah. yeah. And that's hey, man. Hey, man. I really, really appreciate y'all. I appreciate this conversation so much. Um, everybody watching, everybody in the comments, I appreciate y'all. And I want us to do more of this. I want to do one of these with some brothers. And then I want to come back and have all of us do one together with, with, with the brothers and the sisters. Because, you know what I'm saying? Because I think if we can do yeah. that, then we can like, like this time, everybody got to stop and just listen to y'all. Right. That's what I want. I want us to stop and listen. So today, everybody got to stop and listen to y'all. Next time, I'm going to get a couple of brothers. We're going to talk about it because, like I said, I want to get some of them conversations they are scared to take out of the inbox. I want to get them in public just so y'all can see their point of view, too. And Mm -hmm. then we could get together and because we have both now listened to each other. Now we can get together and start a dialogue about how to fix fix all this shit um because i think it is very important and i think this is very important and i think uh it's important to me to try to shine a light on the positives of us and and try to shine a light on the fact that we are intelligent beings we are intelligent enough to communicate we are intelligent enough to have these conversations and i don't want that to get lost in none of the noise I don't want them to get lost in none of the noise of what we're trying to do and, and what we're trying to achieve. Because like I said, at the end of the day, I know all of our mission, even if we have different paths and different roads to get there, all of our missions is for the betterment of all black people. And I mean, all black people, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, if, if you're black, you're important to me, period. Um, and, and because of that, I want to make sure that we have these conversations. I want to make sure that we're listening to each other and I want to make sure we're trying to come with some solutions because honestly, y'all said some really poignant stuff, but y'all also have some really good solutions to the things that we have been seeing 
as very, you know, very divisive issues between us. Y'all have some very good solutions to that. And that's what we need to do more of. Instead of just complaining all the time, all of us are complaining about what the issues between black men and black women are. I think we need to start having solution orientated conversations. And that's what we did today. And I, I, I appreciate all y'all. I appreciate the growth that I've seen from all you guys. I appreciate y'all taking the time to talk to me to help me grow. Um, you know what I mean? Like, because that's what's needed and, and and we have to do more of that and we have to do more for each other. And, and do y'all have anything to say before we go? Uh, any last words before we get out of here? No, I just, I'm thankful to be here. I appreciate it. It's nice to meet you too. I've definitely learned some things from you guys. It's good to see this conversation. I think we should keep the conversation going in the comments. And I would just love to hear from the feedback from those, the listeners who are in the viewers. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead, girl. I was just going to say I'm thankful as well. Um, I love to talk and I love to have a platform, you know, to speak on in which, you know, I can learn. And if something I say helps someone, then, you know, I love it, especially anything that can help like my people. I feel like it's something I'm trying to be part of. And damn, you always are open to have those conversations. You are always open. Like, and I was just calling you like, y'all just want to hear this, hear what you think about this. Like, you know, like, that really, really matters, having those outlets, having friends like you, um, meeting women like you. Like, it, it really, really means a lot. So um, thank you. Thank you to everybody in the comments, even my friends and stuff that kind of came in. That's, it. you know, it means a lot. I think it's a, an important conversation and subconsciously was sitting on my heart, you know, to kind of talk about. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah. All those things, everyone, meeting you, ladies, Dame, I, I appreciate you using your platform and your influence to open up a conversation because that goes a lot of the way. Um, is that you do have a following and you have this platform to use and you're using it in the way that's productive and solution oriented and moving us forward. And so I appreciate you for that and being open. Um, and I appreciate everyone's perspective and the comments and all that stuff and inform biting me. Uh, thank y'all for coming again, man. And everybody in the comments, I'm just going to end with this. Let's love on each other. Let's love on each other. Let's love on each other and let's figure out how to be better because I want us all to move together. All right, this has been Uncoop Conversations with Jazz, Manisha, and Pandora. Um, you'll be able to find this wherever you listen to your podcast in a couple of hours. It'll be everywhere. You know, Google, uh, Apple Podcasts, it's going to be on. So if people just want to listen, you want to share it around to people to listen. I think it's a very important conversation to have. It'll be up in a minute. It'll also be on my Facebook page. So if you want to share it from the page, please share it everywhere because we do. I want this to start other people trying to have these conversations on their page as well. Um, so, so start some watch parties or whatever y'all need to do to, to keep this conversation going uh thank everybody for watching man wow this was amazing all right was, until next time i'll see y'all all right this is